Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Believe in Everything Auburn is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up to the minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Just head to Bet Online today to become part of the team and remember to use promo code BELIEVE for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That is B L E A V. Bet Online. The game starts here. War Eagle, everyone. Welcome in to Believe in Everything Auburn. Taylor Davis and Jason Campbell with you, as always, ready to break down all the latest news in and around Auburn Athletics. We welcome you in. I mean, I feel like every week now I'm just going to start the episode asking about your journey into fatherhood because, I mean, like, what a crazy big life change. And at this point in particular, like, every week is different, you know? Oh yeah, babies are—they—they're forever changing. Uh, you know, especially when they get their shots. Ooh, those first shots, oh, and you got to hear that cry, and it's nothing you can do about it. You know, you got to tough them through it, and then uh, you know they're gaining weight, and then they're—you know—all these little different things they start to do with their face expressions. Um, you know, you know, last <laughs> night I had a, a blowout. Jason, this is not what I meant when I wanted nothing. Yeah. You know. My first blowout, you know. So, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was very interesting. The thing is, like, you know, those first couple of weeks, it's like training camp. You know, it's just like every day getting ready for football. You know, it's just, it's the hardest time because you know you got to get up early. It's a long yeah. day. So, you know, those first couple of months of parenting is, is, you know, there's no sleep for the, you know, yes, yeah, you lose a lot of sleep, so you nap when they nap. But overall, though, you just. You know, it's all go right now. There's an ultimate goal. You're in training camp. Jay, that is such a good analogy. All right. So, well, uh, how's your um, 40 days of Lent going with no cussing? You know, you could say cussing or cursing. What an excellent debate for us to have because I have always said cuss, but I feel like people say curse. But to me, curse is. Like a witch puts a curse on you, or like some if you break a mirror, it's a curse or whatever. Cussing well, see, is bad. I think southerners say cuss. I don't know if it's curse or cuss. I say cuss. Um I am making a substantial effort, and that I think stands for something. Um, mm. and I, um there were other things that I put on my to-do list this lip. And I've been very good about those. This was a needed change for me to implement because the words you speak are showcasing what's in your heart. And I'm, I don't have an ugly heart. So basically we are down from maybe 10 words to two words. That's what we're saying. (laughs) (laughs) So we only said doing 10 times today, we're down to two times. So it's down from 10 to two days is what you're saying, people. I am here to just tell you what she's saying and give it to you progress my god is a god of grace so he's he sees my efforts okay okay Okay. let's talk some sports because barely we're just here what you got so when you're watching the bachelor the bachelor gets to date all these different women correct Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So he gets to go out on a day, he gets to talk to this one, talk to that one. What's the difference between the bachelor and real world? So are you when you're dating, are you only allowed to be, you know, dating one person, or do you go on various dates with different people mm-hmm. because you have a relationship? That's you bring up a good point. So in the early stages of dating, like if someone asks you on a first or second date, I'm under the assumption that I'm not the only one because you don't know me. And so it's like we're interviewing. It's kind of like when you're searching for a job. But at some point, three, four, five, six, I don't know, however fast you want to go, that conversation is going to come up. Are we no longer seeing other people? But on the first initial dates, There is no expectation that you are only taking me out to dinner because I'm a stranger. So I get it. Now, you shouldn't be coming in with a dang girlfriend. You know what I mean? Like at that point, I'm out. But to casually date someone, you assume you're not the only one. See, I had this conversation with my wife and I always tell her, I like to think that from the day one that I am the only one that someone is What if? Okay, but what if you met someone like in the wild, like you're just out watching yeah. an Auburn game, someone, and you meet someone, you hit it off and you decide to go on a date. You think that like, if they met someone walking home the next day, they shouldn't accept a date because they accepted one the day before. Yeah. They already accepted a date with me, you know, or, you know, yeah, I'm just saying like go out on the first date first before you start lining up other dates. That's fair. I mean, look, I don't go on dates at all, so I'm the wrong person to ask. Um, <laughs> I have no freaking clue. Um, I just, I think that in today's dating culture, from what I hear, that is the expectation. It's like, first couple of dates, the well, exclusivity is not expected. See, I would always want the person to tell me. So, okay. are, going to, are you dating someone else? Don't say, no, nah, you know, I'm not really, if you said, just say, look, I'm not dating someone specifically, specific, but I do randomly go out on dates with different people. That's yeah. acceptable. Like now I need to, right. I need to know if I'm taking you to Chili's or I'm taking you to Capitol right. Grill. Because, you don't take anyone to Chili's unless you hate them, Jason Gamble. So if you're, no. if you're if you're casually dating, then I'm casually taking you to casual dating restaurants. Like, like a coffee or go for a walk or whatever. Coffee, we'll get some, you know, some you know, a dessert or something, you know, but uh, yeah. Now, if we exclude, uh, if we're dating, like, hey, you know, I'm really trying to impress you. You're not dating anyone, not seeing anyone. Right. Okay. You know, I'm we're a, setting it up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm as you it up. yeah as and at should. that point, I think they kind of coincide. Like, if you get to a point where you're there's someone in your life that you want to take to like an elevated dinner. I think a byproduct of that is going to be, I don't really care to talk to anyone else. So it kind of just like goes hand in hand as it is. Um, but as far as The Bachelor, it's why, that's why that show doesn't have a very high success rate because it doesn't make any sense that you would meet four sets of parents <laughs> at the same time and then break up with someone right before you propose to someone. Logic tells you, it probably isn't going to work. And truth be told, I'm um, hoping that this season doesn't work because I'm pretty sure I'm supposed to marry him. So um, we're just putting it out there that he's going to end up single again. Okay? Wow. <laughs> you heard it here first. 
on the Believe in Everything Auburn podcast. You know, it just brings up really solid questions. And yeah. that's why I said Believe in Everything Auburn podcast. Oh, we talk everything on here. We're just going to say Believe in Everything podcast. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so we talk everything on here. So last question. Okay. Where a person take you where a person take you to on your first date, does it matter? Like, do a woman see red flags if a man takes you to a certain spot? Does the first date put any implications on oh, I really want to go to another date or I really want to Yeah, I think so. I, I you know, I don't want to speak for the general population of women, but from my perspective your if you take the initiative to plan the first date, which I'm very traditional and I think the man absolutely should, you're showing me a peek inside your judgment a little bit by what you choose to do. So if you, for instance, like you just said, choose chilies for our first date, I'm gonna think that maybe we don't align on choices in food, and that's totally fine. But like if you I don't know if you took the initiative to look up some new spot and say, you know, I've never been here. I've heard great things. Like, I don't know. It just shows that you care a little bit. You took initiative and it's creative. Literally, like if if it's something that's very laissez-faire, like, well, I don't know. What do you want to do? It shows that like you're not going to be a leader. You're not going to be assertive in this anyway. So I'm going to read into that. So in some ways, yes, but there was actually something that went viral not too long ago. A girl made a list of like absolutely nots for first dates and it went viral. And I disagreed with a lot of them. Literally a sporting event was on there. And I was like, if a man takes me to a sporting event on a first date, like I'm marrying him. Like it's so I think it just depends on the person. But I definitely think you should be assertive in the plan because that's probably read into more than the place you choose. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. It's just an honest question because I just remember when I was in the dating world and women would try to take me out on a date. And I was just like, no, that doesn't work that way. That's that's weird. weird. Yeah, that's weird. So in the South or was this in a different part of the country? I'm just curious. Uh, This is in the South. Which is shocking. Yeah, very shocking. You know, so you're used to always and you're supposed to be the chaser. You don't want to supposed to be, you know, the pursuer. pursuer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I was being pursued. So it just felt weird. I was just like, because I don't know, you know, hey, but it is what it is. So great questions, great answers. So guys, I just helped you out a little bit out there. So definitely something that so many people can relate to. So hopefully some of our listeners enjoyed that tangent. All right. Well, let's talk a little sports and uh, then we'll go on with our uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sports. <laughs> sports podcast. No big deal. I love it. All right, everybody. Well, spring practice has officially begun. They got their first in yesterday on Tuesday and it will continue obviously through April 6th, which will be a day. Kickoff time has been decided for that. It will be one o'clock central time. So if you're planning on going, get your tickets. It will be a big weekend on the Plains. Baseball, softball, and men's tennis will also be playing at home that weekend. So you could just have a big Auburn weekend. Hopefully the weather is going to be better than it was last year. But early impressions, we get very minimal media windows at these spring practices. But Uh, The reports that I have seen, the most uh, positive impressions early, 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 let me emphasize that, Gage Keys, transfer from Kansas, 
and Rico Walker, who we talked about last week. A lot of reports saying he moves very well for his size. I've also seen a lot of positive reinforcement for Coy Moore. And this is a guy that had a lot of hype when he came in and, and kind of has flown under the radar. And I know that with these, you know, new additions that we're getting wide receiver wise, there's a lot of attention on that. But there's still a couple names that have been on this roster that I know Hugh Freeze is looking at going, there's more that we could get from you. And a lot of praise for him saying that he seemed to show more burst, even in the small window that they got to see. So those are the names that I had seen. Uh, any initial kind of um, insight that you have gotten from anyone who was down there? Yeah, everyone say Cam Coleman is like a man amongst boys. You know, he's 6'3", <laughs> you know. Guy can run. He's fast. He's very athletic. Um, just his appearance, you know, just just wows everybody. You know, just hearing like him just being out there just makes us a better football team automatically. Yeah. Uh, you know, TJ Lindsay. Everyone didn't realize, you know, the four-star defensive lineman that Auburn signed. You know, this guy here can and Amarius Williams, another you know five-star uh, D lineman. These guys, man, they can play. Man, people didn't realize how fast they are. Um, yeah. Is what we need is quickness off the defensive line, quickness off the ball. They are freshman guys, but we're going to be counting on them a lot this year to to grow up fast because we're going to have to have these guys in the trenches um, to, to win. Um, so I just think from that standpoint, that is what you're hearing a lot. Um, but overall, though, our edge rushers, of course, Josh Aldrich, you know, kind of moved to the edge coaching job position this year. So he had the, like the Jalen Clouds and Keldrick Falk and those guys. Um, I, I just think overall – this team has a lot of talent yeah. and it's all going to come down to, again, you have four quarterbacks throwing the ball yesterday. And a lot of people like, like a lot of guys, you know, how it, how it looked, the ball come out of their hands. So there's a lot of tension right now surrounding Hank Brown. And there's also, you know, a lot of tension surrounding holding Gurner. You know, if it works out for him, you know, good. If it doesn't, does he leave after the spring? Yeah. You know, uh, also Walker White, everyone's talking about his size, coming in as a freshman, how he looks like an SEC quarterback um, yeah. and everything. So, you know, you know, of course, Peyton is getting his reps as well, but it's almost like this this quarterback battle is going to be a real thing. You know, it's not it a conclusion. Yeah, it's not a gone conclusion that just yeah. because there's a senior, it's going to automatically go to the senior. So it's going to be a, a real thing. I agree. That is the gamble that you run with today's college football if Walker starts getting substantial traction and signs do point to him, maybe not necessarily being the odd away starter. I don't think, I think again, we're going to have that situation where we're in fall camp still talking about who could potentially yeah. be in this situation. I really do. But even if it's looking like Walker's going to be two, Holden's in a situation where if the writing's on the wall, this year's going to be Peyton and they're priming Walker to be the future. I've got to take care of myself. And there has been a lot of high praise for this kid's arm ability. He deserves to be in a situation where he can be developed. And if he gets an inclination that it's not going to be here, I wouldn't be surprised if he bounces, but I would hate that. You know, you want to have as many in this arsenal that you possibly can but I do think that everything's going to be read into through the quarterback position because that has been the biggest area of question and everything feeds off of it naturally. I, I really think the people, the thing that people are not talking about the most is I think depth wise offensive line. Yeah. You know, you know like 
you know, you see a lot of these names on here that I'm looking at. If everyone went on while I'm looking to my right, because we have a I have a whole list of guys for spring ball. But if I have to take a, you, you talk about Rico Walker to transfer from Maryland. Mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, his dad actually played at Auburn, so he's a legacy kid. And, yeah. uh, and so getting him here gives you the opportunity to split Fairweather out to one side, put Rico in the slot to the other side. Now you got two big tight ends matched up on safeties. Now you got a Perry Thompson, a Cam Coleman opposite these sides. You got yeah. a whole football squad, not including Luke Deal, you know, and those guys. So we're going to be really big as a team, which is where Auburn has lost the last couple of years. We've been really small in a lot totally. of places, SEC, and now we're getting back to being beefed up like we should be at the receiver at the, all the positions. Yeah, it's going to be imperative for sure. Um, while we're on the topic of quarterbacks, and since we've just done tangents so far this episode, thoughts on the video of Cam Newton getting jumped? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, so. Actually, my nephew was actually at that tournament, and uh, his team was there, and they was playing. And he said, I, "I asked him. I said, what happened?'" He's like, "Man, I don't. I'm not sure, Uncle. We was on the bottom of the bottom field, yeah. and you know, we looked, we saw altercation going on and everything, and we realized later on what had happened." But to me, it just goes to show you, one, if you are an athlete, professional athlete, when you're out in public or you're out in different places, people look at you as a target. Yeah. You know, whether you're in the right or whether you're in the wrong. You know, if I was to go to a gym and play, I remember when I first retired from football, I used to go to Lifetime just to hoop, to stay in shape. Mm-hmm. And like turn it up a notch when I, I started playing. Yeah. yeah. You know, because. They looking at it like, oh man, that's a professional athlete, and for whatever reason, right or wrong, they feel like they didn't make it to that level. First thing they want to do is try to show you up, you know, and everything. Yeah. So, so I have to like learn not to get into heated arguments or battles that could kind of test people because not everyone is happy for your success, you know. So you have to carry yourself in a way to understand that, man. Like a lot of guys are, you know, they're you no. Know, they're not confident in themselves because they feel like they didn't achieve what they set out to achieve. But then they look at you and they see like, man, you, you achieved a lot and you've done yeah. this and you the highest level. So sometimes their chance to beat you, even in a seven on seven thing, you know, and I understood because yeah. I went back to what the guy said that, uh, that participated in the fight. And so I guess they all used to coach together with cam on the same team. Oh, I didn't see this. I guess they used to coach together on the same team, and I guess they end up branching away and doing their own thing. And ever since then, it's uh, it's kind of been like this little rivalry, uh, you know, kind of jawing back and forth type stuff a little bit. And uh, But with all that being said, you know, whatever happened, these guys, none of them should have been involved in this fight uh, just because there's parents there, there's high school kids there, and, you know, and everyone is – supposed to be there growing and as and as adults we have to teach our young guys the way you know yeah. that that's not the way you know like we can argue all day we can fuss we can have disappointments you know you can say certain things to each other but there has to be a stopping point though and the stopping point shouldn't end in us being in a brawl in front of all these kids you yeah. know and, and everything so you know and but I, I think a lot of lessons learned there like cam has to be careful when he's out in these public places that everyone's not happy for your success. But then also Cam likes to be a bit combative, you know, right. he never shied away from the drama. All right. He's competitive. 
and he okay. has to understand right you don't want to it's come it's a start and a stop because let's be let's face it, it it's it's some it's some you know some stuff out there nowadays so people don't care who you are you yeah. know what i'm saying so you have to be careful and in, in your approach because i'm pretty sure it all started when they was playing against each other and got into a little heated argument back and forth they kind of got out of hand a little bit mm -hmm. but you know he's had he's having to he's gonna have to understand as he continues to go in this thing man like you're a public figure and yeah. anytime someone get a chance to have a reason to take a shot at you they're gonna use it you yeah. know so it was it was sad it was stupid it was pointless it was all the things but it was also a reminder that cam is such a different human like he he took care of like seven dudes by himself i mean like with ease i felt like all of them immediately were like dang it like we made i don't think they realize how big he is you know like even i'm a big guy i'm six five like 240 you know yeah. cam stands beside me and he looks like he's six eight you no, know it is baffling yeah. like his I don't even know how to explain it. He is a monster of a human being. So I think it also reiterated that point. I, it's also, I'm not kidding. Is this the most ADD podcast we've ever done or what? Because I have a story that you just made me think of. Like it, it's for some athletes, like your competitiveness can get the best of you. And I do think that some, especially those that get to the highest level and it is your day-to-day -day life, start to have a very blurry line of game and real life and when to turn it off. I, one of my good friends when I lived in Charlotte played in the NBA and we were going on a trip. So we were walking through the airport and another NBA player from a different team that they always had a thing on the court. Every time they played against each other, they always guarded each other and they always would like foul out. They like were always jawing at each other. It honestly like made me nervous every time I watched because I was like, this guy is going to come after you one of these days, whatever. He was like, it's just the game. It's just the game. We were in line at TSA at the Charlotte airport. And this, the guy from the other team walks up. I'm not going to say names, which I know is annoying, but whatever. Um, he walks up and is in line behind us. And my friend turns around and was just like, what's up, man? Like, how are you? And with me standing there, he gets this close to his face and goes, you better thank God there's cops around right now in, an, in the middle of an airport. And like, I'm standing there like, excuse me, sir. They're both seven feet tall. And this yeah. guy literally wants to go unprovoked in a TSA security line at an airport. And it oh. dawned on me then that like, not everyone computes game from real life. And that, to your point, like if they had had like prior coaching experience or if anyone had like exchanged words with them on the field, like for some, it like festers. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. And some just don't let it go until they feel like they got the upper hand, you know, yeah. and, and everything. So, uh, and so it's just a lot get lost and stuff like that. And we got to understand, you know, there's a lot of youth watching. And to your yeah. credit, like him show that he is very strong. You know, like he gripped that guy. Acting like he was a little toy doll, you know. But uh, I didn't expect to see that when I opened Twitter that day. But nonetheless, Cam's a freak. Um, in the athletic sense. Okay, so also on the football front, and then we'll get into some basketball because today is a big one for this team. The scouting combine begins tomorrow, and like we have mentioned, we have 
five guys that are heading to Indy to be a part of that. They have been invited. There is also an official interview set up for one of our guys. DJ James has been scheduled to interview with the 49ers. That officially came out today. Obviously, a, a very impressive franchise as of late. Uh, a Super Bowl appearance just this year. So great opportunity for him. We'll certainly be uh, sending some prayers the way of our Tigers as they participate in that. I did a little research and I, I had a fun uh, stat nugget trivia that came up and thought I would quiz you. So obviously the scouting combine, like Jason says, every year is when you get put up there like a piece of meat and you're <laughs> tested and interviewed and poked and prodded and all the things. And then the on-field drills, of course. But some of the workout facets, drills that are done, one of which most notably being the bench press. And you basically press 225 as many times as you can. For the most reps, the most reps ever done by a player from Alabama, like the state of Alabama, uh -huh. do you know what the record is and who set it? Derrick Brown, back in 2017, combine. It might be an 18 combine because it's 17 seasons. So 18 combine. I think he did, was it 42 reps? No. The record is 35. And it was set by Evan Mathis in 2005, who played at Bama. But yeah. then it was tied shortly after. Well, not shortly. It was tied by Carl Lawson. And mm. then it was tied again by Braden Smith. So two Auburn guys have tied that record of 35 since then. But that is the record for guys from the state of Alabama. The record ever is 49 by Oregon State defensive tackles Stephen Paella in 2011. Shit, I did 15. I was about to ask what you did. That, that wasn't at the combine. That was just at pro day. <laughs> like, oh, 15. I'm thinking I'm feeling good hey, about myself. You guys are dropping – Dropping dimes of 35 and 49. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? What, do you remember your stats on everything else? Yeah, my vertical was really good. I think it was 39 and a half. Let's go. Uh, 40 was like four, you know, it was the highest was like four, five, seven, somewhere, four, six, somewhere around there. Four, six, seven, four, five, seven. Okay. Uh uh throwing the ball on my knee. I think I threw for almost 68 yards or something on a knee. Um, uh, Say that so casually. That's insane. Broad, broad jump. I think I jumped like 10, over, over 10 feet, 10, four, somewhere, 10, three, 10, four, okay. somewhere. I have to go back and pull it up, but mm -hmm. I had a really good pro day. I had a really good pro day. And uh, so you don't do the long ball. They put you on a knee and see how far you can throw it. That's wild. So it was just a, a bunch of stuff, and you just realize, like, okay, half this stuff has nothing to do with me getting drafted. They're going yeah. to draft me what they see on film, you know, what they saw on film. And, yeah, you may, you know, spice some guys up because they see you in person, but, oh, man, he moves really well. He does this really well. But they're drafting you off what you've done on film. Yeah. When you're in an interview, like I said, DJ James already has one officially set up with the 49ers. What are those – questions like like how does it compare to like a typical job interview like how how well do you work with others you know well they're asking him questions like you know they're gonna dig up your whole history you know so if you've done anything they're gonna ask you about that if like you, personal life 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you've personally been in any trouble, they're going to ask you. If you, okay. you know, they go all the way back to your elementary teachers and like they find the information on you have to figure out what kind of attitudes you have or you're a quick temper kid or you someone is coachable or you uncoachable. Uh, they want you to talk about like how you feel like you can fit in their scheme. Someone puts you on the board and say, hey, drop this certain defense or drop this certain offense. You know, draw this play up. Tell us the ins and out of this play. How did you get to it? You know, just uh, different things like that. You know, what's the, what, you know, what's your best, what's y'all's best defense? You know, like, how was it your best defense? You know, they'll put you on the film room. It's just a whole bunch of questions, you know, that are, they're digging and just trying to feel like, do they hit it off with you? Right. And, and everything. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Well, we will certainly get a full update before the next episode on how all five of our guys that are there perform. I looked it up. Derek uh, benched 28 times when he was at the combine. Okay, so let's turn to basketball before we wrap this one up because, like I said, tonight's game is very impactful. And honestly, there was a minute there where it seemed like it wasn't going to be as impactful because we, you know, really didn't – do our best against Kentucky when it mattered. But then Kentucky turns around and beats the brakes off of Alabama, which helps our cause. And we beat Georgia on the road very convincingly. So now we sat two games back from the top of the conference after the loss to Kentucky. But because of those results on Saturday, defeating Georgia 97 to 76 and Kentucky taking care of Alabama, we now sit one game back from the SEC leaders, which are still Alabama and Tennessee who we happen to face tonight, 6 p.m. Central Time in Knoxville. And when you look over the course of Bruce Pearl's tenure, so much of our success or lack thereof has had to go through a game with Tennessee. That It's just always ended up, you go through the, the records in the past few years, it, that game has been impactful for a variety of reasons on and off the court, and this year is no different. So, A lot of uh, hype around this one to be expected, but Tennessee obviously no slouch and they are certainly no slouch at home. None of their opponents this season have put up over 80 points in Knoxville. Only three have scored over 70. So they are very effective when they're at home, defensively, offensively. Jalen Williams is considered day-to-day right now. As of this recording, I have not heard an official uh, report on if he is going to be playing or not. But guys stepped up in his absence against Georgia, and they will certainly have to do that again. Chad Baker Mazzara with 25 points, his career best against Georgia. I also think an interesting element against Georgia – Playing both bigs, the the double big attempt with uh, Janai and Dylan both on the on the court together. The last time they had played together was against Indiana in December, and it was only for like a minute. They shared the floor for ten and a half minutes against Georgia, and they outscored the Dogs twenty three to thirteen during that time. It's kind of like us talking about putting both tight ends out there on the offensive side of the ball. So I, I like it, especially when you're missing a guy like Jalen Williams. So. There's a few keys, but what the frick do I know? JKM, talk us through this one. An all-important meeting in Knoxville tonight. What are going to be your keys? Ooh, man, some guys in this game, you know, potentially two two guys representing uh, probably player of the year. Uh, yeah. You know, one from Tennessee and, of course, Jahani from uh, from Auburn. Jahani. Uh, these guys, yes. What did I say, Jahani? Johnny, Johnny, yeah. I was thinking, I said, yeah, Johnny. Hi. Sorry, Jahani. Gosh, you know, it's just. 
Sarge and I, and I've done an interview with him before. Jeez, but <laughs> yeah, see, that's why I couldn't do a podcast by myself, right? There. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. Yeah, so I think this game really is going to come down to other guys have to step up. Last game, Holloway stepped up. You know, he's been in a shooting slump and, you know, yeah. he shot himself out of it last game. Um, you know, so guys, we have playmakers that because I, I bench depth is so deep. Yeah. When you lose a guy, it doesn't hurt you as much as it could have if you didn't have good bench depth. Um, you know, so that's that's one for me is when you play on the road, Taylor. That's been Auburn's Achilles heel in basketball. Yeah. So how you can't go to Knoxville tonight and start slow. You have to come mm-hmm. out the gate matching their crowd noise, matching their intensity. You need to pretty much get up early on them and, uh, and start to make them discomfort in their own home stadium. Yeah. And who knows it better than Bruce? He coached there for many years, you know, and, uh, and everything. And Rick Barnes is a heck of a coach. You yes. know, he's, since he's been at Tennessee, he's had these guys almost seem like in top ten every year. Right. So you know, it's going to be two two juggernaut SEC head coaches going toe to toe tonight. And if I had to go into Tennessee and play a Tennessee team that's playing good this year, I'd rather go in there with Bruce just because he knows the environment. Yeah. He knows the light. He knows the energy. And if you're trying to have an inside track on what you need to do as an opposing team then he should be able to have the guidelines for that. Right. So this game will be won tonight for Auburn if Holloway, Katie Johnson, and uh, Trey plays very well at the guard mm-hmm. position. Yeah. You know, I think our bigs will show up. You know, I really do. Caldwell's not going to give you the same numbers offensively that Jay Williams do, but he will give right. you the rebound and give you the defense. But can our guard play tonight, not turn the ball over, and can they hit shots from the outside when they're doubling down on on Johnny? Yeah, they double down on Janai. And they uh <laughs> can I guard not not down the shots tonight? You're right. That yeah. has been a consistent factor in our inconsistent play as of late. The games that we start fast and the games that we get behind early. The results look like that. They've almost shown you in the first two minutes of play how the result is going to be. They literally got so far behind against Florida and could not catch up. And same thing with Kentucky. It was a slower, more lethargic start, and they came out with a lot of spark. Conversely, South Carolina and Georgia, they came out firing shots on all cylinders out the gate. So I agree with you, especially in an environment like this, one that's going to be this emotionally charged with so much riding on it and obviously the – Bruce factors and the SEC rivalry and all of that, you know, Auburn has become that team that kind of like you were saying, like when you were playing basketball in a gym and someone sees and is like, well, if I can beat Jason Campbell, you know, Auburn has kind of become that team where you come into town with what has been established as some pretty substantial hype in the last few seasons. Now these fan bases, it's, it's a nod of your, value if you beat a team like Auburn and that's that's just the flip side of success and and that's part of it now so you know it's going to be electric out the gate and Auburn has to create that momentum and that energy for themselves because without it it's amounted in losses even one at home so that's a that's a huge key I totally agree with you 
I'm so excited for it. It's going to be another big one. I mean, look, we only have, what, three more regular season tonight against Tennessee. Uh, maybe – who do we have Saturday? Maybe we have four more. Oh, that Mississippi State game, we we got to uh, come to yeah. play. Those guys looked good last night. Yeah. You know, uh, that freshman guard of the guy, he can shoot the lights out of it. And, yeah. You know, they fought – they did everything they had to do last night to push Kentucky to an overtime game. Yep. And set up, uh, play defense on the last five seconds. Okay. So you shot, you hit all the shots you needed to make, but then you not make the the defensive stand. So these next two games, if Auburn can win in Tennessee and they mm-hmm. can beat Mississippi State, which is home, get, right? And they get Georgia at home the last game as well. Okay. If Bama, if Bama can drop one more, or is it two more they need to drop? But we Florida, also have Missouri next week. Oh yeah, so that's. So we do have four more. Tennessee, huh? Yeah, Missouri's not as good this year. It's the no, Mississippi you, could, you can't slip. Uh, I mean, like you, you got to have that one, and it's on the road. So at Tennessee, Mississippi State at home, at Missouri, Georgia at home. That's what we have left. All right. So yeah, we need to actually win all four of those games to have a shot to win outright. Hope that Bama slips up a little bit. Yes, agreed. All right, peeps, that's going to do it for us this week on Believe in Everything in the World. Um, (laughs) Thank you so much for listening to our tangents and uh, for following along each and every week like you always do. If you haven't subscribed already, make sure you do that so you'll get a notification every time we release an episode. If you prefer to watch, we are also on Believe's YouTube channel. You can just search Believe in Everything Auburn and all of our episodes will pop up. So we are doing that as often as we put out audio episodes. So make sure you find us there. And come on back next week as we break down who in the world knows with Jay and I. It's getting less and less predictable. Plenty more to come. Everyone have a great week until we talk again. War Eagle. War Eagle, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.